In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be analyzing the Derby della Madonnina with James Horncastle. We'll be previewing the upcoming games against Lazio and Sampdoria, this week's Moratti, Moji and Frog, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, on Inter.com. Bentornati, benvenuti to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nimatoale Ruzzari, wishing you welcome to a beautiful week after a emphatic uh, derby win, um, which was, um, we'll get, we're going to get into all of that. But before we do, I'm going to welcome my panelists. Uh, coming back from his uh three what felt like a six month long like most luxury holiday ever of italy i've ever witnessed on social media uh, our good friend mr michael gallo hey nima sorry for bombarding everybody <laughs> uh, my vacation but uh yeah i'm back from italy i just getting used to the eastern time zone again and uh yeah i got to get one intergame in as when i was there and uh you know didn't go the way we wanted to do but uh it was a great time at the miazza and uh i'm happy to be back on the show and uh looking forward to today's uh today's episode yeah good to have you back and i just want to say i i absolutely did not hate you when you were in uh, in Piemont in those vineyards walking around i just wanted to say that i was absolutely <laughs> not jealous and i was not hating on you then <laughs> <laughs> right um i'd also like to welcome uh, our good friend uh, mr will beckman good evening how are you um fine <laughs> I'm, I'm great. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Under promise, over deliver. Okay. <laughs> for, for sure. Brilliant. And we're also joined by the preview writer for Sampleinter.com, Mr. Mo Nasser. How are you, Mo? Hey, hey, hey. I'm uh, pretty good. Uh, looking forward to another, hopefully, cracking episode. So, yeah, great to be here. And we have a special guest uh, with us today, all the way from uh, he, he he he's he's he was yesterday. Uh, he was actually two days ago. He was at the San Siro watching Inter completely uh, wipe the floor with Milan. Um, he's got the best set of hair in all of football journalism. Welcome back again, Mr. James Horncastle. Thank you, Nima. Um, for now. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Lord only knows, you know, when my dad's baldness will will take, you know, sort of afflict me. So I've got to hold on to it while I can. Yeah, you're you're doing a great job of it. I got to say that. I I I I used to have a locks like that as well, but then age kind of made me realize that I had to cut it short. <laughs> Either way, yeah. um, good to have you with us, and I'd like to start on the derby. Um, I mean, you, you were there at the game, of course. In Milan, were the home game. Uh, we were the home team. Um, I, I have to say, and, I, and, I, and I'm kind of I'm keen to hear what you th- hear on, think of this. I mean, even even through, throughout the years of all the Milan derbies, even when one team has destroyed the other team in terms of results, I can't remember a, t- a, a Milan derby where one team simply didn't show up and turn up the way that Milan simply didn't turn up. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, even going back to last season, um, I think it was the, the second... Uh, Madonina, Milan didn't show up in the first half, but boy, they did in the second half in that 3-2 uh, win for Inter. 
Um, so I was kind of expecting a reaction in the second half, primarily because it's been long forgotten now. I, I felt that Milan ended the, sec- the, the, the first half with, with actually something to some momentum in that they had those two kind of chances, um, counterattacks, one with Suzo stealing the ball off Sensi um, pretty much near Milan's own you know, corner flag and running up the pitch and then making a terrible decision as to, as to what to do with the ball. And then Leao putting that cross in for, for Piontek. And I thought, OK, maybe there's, there's very faint flickers here. And of course, as soon as the second half begins... Um, into score, um, and they deserve to be in front on the balance of play for for for, for much of the the first half anyway. But I think that's what dis- disappointed me in terms of Milan's performance in, in that they never got going, they never troubled Samir Handanovic, and th- there was just such a marked contrast between uh, them and Inter, um, particularly in midfield, um, where. Milan looked so wooden, static. Um, they didn't look like they had any ideas, uh, really, in terms of... You know, one thing that really stood out for me watching um, you know, in the gods uh, at San Siro was you just see how much off-the-ball movement there is from Sensi. You know, Sensi is... He must be an absolute pain in the arse to play against <laughs> because he is always uh, calling for the ball, He's always making runs. He either wants it under pressure or he's running off the back of the midfield player. And if the midfield player doesn't go, then Conti, who's playing on, on on the right-hand side, has to think, well, I can't actually you know, get forward and you know, join in, in the attack when my team has the ball because if we lose it, then Sensi's in behind. Uh, and that, that really struck me that Inter, clearly every player knew exactly what they had to do they knew that they had, you know, two, three, four options, um, and if one wasn't on, if two wasn't on, they had something else, and they looked so assured. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was pretty demoralising if you're a Milan fan, and even if you're a neutral, you know, you want um, it to be a competitive spectacle, and it was, it was so one-sided. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Mike, uh, did you have a question for James? Um, I mean, I mean, look, I, I thought Milan was the was actually playing pretty well towards that end of that first half. I mean, he mentioned the the Suso chance. I thought that was a very good counterattack. But at the end, I mean, Suso had a man on the left hand side that I thought he should have probably passed it to earlier. Um, I mean, James, what do you think went wrong for Milan in, in the in the second half? Do you think do you think like I was I mean, going back from the match against Slavia Prague, I felt Slavia Prague did a very good job in terms of putting pressure on the Inter players and not allowing them to build up anything from uh, from the back. Now, I think Inter kind of used that and actually did it really well against Milan. Would you, I mean, they put a lot of pressure and not allowed to get much coming back from uh, from Donnarumma or the defense. Would you say that kind of gave them some, some problems? I, I mean, I was impressed with how Inter pressed um, at the beginning of, of the game. Um, I think there was that chance where um, Lautaro, I think, um, stole the ball from from Chalonolu. There was a bad back pass, which, again, I think Lautaro ended up sliding in on Donnarumma for. Um, I think that the, the, a lot of people in, in, the, in the Italian media were saying that Milan should kind of you know, copy what Slavia Prague did um, against, against Inter in the Champions League. 
but that just goes against Giampaolo's kind of principles. Um, and you know, he is a he is a manager who likes his team to defend high and press, but their reference point is always the ball, um, not the man. Um, yeah, Slavia Prague man marked um, uh, Inter in that game all over the pitch, apart from Suchek, who was essentially there just you know screening. Um, the balls to um, into the the strikers into Lukaku and into uh, Lautaro, um, and you, you could see that in in, in this game, um, yeah, Milan were kind of set up zonally, really, aside from um, yeah the man that they that they were looking to put on on Suzo, um, and they were never able to get a kind of press going, and I think that again is kind of credit to um, how comfortable. Uh, Inter are with themselves, who they are in terms of what their game plan is, and just yeah, this is the best Inter midfield since the treble. Um, mm. And uh, to, to be honest, that's not hard. <laughs> yeah, look what do you mean? Whatever do you mean? Kuzmanovic, Skelotto, whatever do you mean? <laughs> but it, but it, but it is, and um, yeah, those those guys have have character. Um, yeah. The, uh, again, I, I go back to Sensi. Sensi's always talking. You know, he's always. Um, you know, if 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 one of his his teammates gets fouled, he's over there. He's in. You know, the 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 guy who made the foul. He's in. He's in his ear. He's in the referee's ear. I thought Barella was better in this game, and he has got better, particularly in the last week, because he's had a slow start to his inter career. Um, I thought in the second half of this game, before he was he was taken off, there was so much little niggling things that he did um, to disrupt Milan's um, what little possession game that they had. Um, and obviously he put the ball in for Lukaku. Yeah, the, the three in midfield were were brilliant, um, I thought. And, you know, that has got to be really encouraging when you also think, you know, into, aside from maybe Brozovic, they've got good cover for those guys. You know, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Conte will... Well, he really wants to make a project out of Gagliardini. Um, you know, he wants to revive Gagliardini and, and get him back to the kind of the player that we saw when he initially joined into, where he still had that momentum from Atalanta. Um, and also Vecino, who I thought in the first couple of games, and remember in the, the last derby the, the, of, of last season, the 3-2, he was magnificent in that game. Um, the, only, the only player that they lack cover for in midfield is Brozovic, although Sensi could play in that position as he did. Um, in the first half of last season at Sassuolo, so yeah, I, I, I just I just felt that yeah, Milan could never get um, any kind of press going, and their midfield is just so one-dimensional at the moment. And I, I think the, the the criticism that is going to come Gianpaolo's way is that why aren't you integrating these new signings at a quicker rate? Because if you look around the league. Um, you know, Inter I think had four new signings in in that team that played on Saturday night. They look like they've been playing for Inter for, for years already. Um, and you look at, you know, even you know, Napoli, for example, with um, some of the players that have come in there, Di Lorenzo, Llorente, um, Lozano, um, you know, they've all scored already. <laughs> or they've all, all done something something meaningful. And you look at Milan, it's like none of their new signings have done anything. Yeah, in part because, uh, you know, Benasse was the only one who started against Brescia. Leao was the only one who started in the Derby. Uh, and then, you know, players come on and have 15, 20 minutes and, and show something. Aside from that, nothing. 
Um, and Inter just looks so much further along um, than uh, than Milan. And you know they are starting from from different bases. But let's not forget there was only a point between them at the end of last season. So I mean it's and it, and it looks like the gulf. There's such a big gulf that has opened up there. Um, so I think yeah that it's no as I wrote in my piece after the game. We know who runs this city. Uh, we've known it for a long time now. You know, Inter is seven games unbeaten in the derby. Um, it's it's become a, a non-contest, um, and it's the you know, the question mark is is does this team have what it takes to to win the league for the first time since 2010? And you know, I, I think that you know, there are certainly signs that yeah, this is going to be the most competitive Inter we've seen. Um, you know, since yeah, you know, 2011, really. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, Mo, did you have a question for for James? Yeah, James, uh, I just um, uh, I, I I wanted to ask something um, about Milan. You know, um, we keep uh, we keep seeing Milan underperform, underperform for for quite a long time, and. Uh, we keep hearing, you know, the media talking about, uh, you know, uh, Paqueta is the next best thing, uh, Chalanoglu this, Susu that. Is it just a case of uh, maybe the time media uh, blowing up these players too much and the squad isn't as good or as high quality as we think they are? Um, so this is just a question that I was thinking about. Um, and then another thing um, regarding your presence in the stadium. For me, Lautaro has been bright so far, but he seems to be just half a step away from completing every a great move every time he's on the ball. Is that the set, the sort of sense that you got watching him play live? Um, what do you what do you what do you think of Lautaro having seen him play uh, this season? Uh, well, I must confess, I probably said this on the podcast before that um, I'm a I'm a big Lautaro fan. I'm uh, I think he's a really intelligent player um, because I remember uh, and this feels like an awful long time ago now. But uh, Allegri once said of uh, Morata, now one of the things he liked about Morata was that Morata can play with practically any other centre-forward or strike partner. He can play, um, you know, in a front three out wide. He can play on his own in attack. He can play um, in a partnership with another striker next to him. Um, And Lautaro, for me, is someone who is able through his intelligence to instantly strike up a, a good strike partnership or whatever with whoever he's playing with. Um, and I think, I think we saw that in the, in uh, last season's derby where he was, he was really important in that win. Um, and I think we, we, we see it again with Lukaku because Lautaro came back late um, from um, from the Copa America. He didn't do a full preseason. We didn't see any of him in preseason. Remember, it was the uh, Samuele Longo Esposito partnership that was, um, you know, instilling fear around the world. <laughs> um, um, but uh, yeah, in that Lecce game, you know, the, 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 they they look good. He does certain things like he, he does this move where he will call for the ball. Um, and it will come to him, and he runs over it and leaves it for a striker. He does he does things like that where he just knows where his his teammate, his striker is. Now I I think yeah he's a little bit rough around the edges. He's missed some big chances over the course of his career Inter, but I think with time and with um, with game time in particular, it'll come together. I mean we saw him score a hat trick for Argentina against Mexico, and Mexico are 
and no mugs. Um, that's a good team um, that he's put put three goals past. Um, for a team that um, you think of the number of strikers that they've tested out, um, and you know Aguero, Higuain, and they just all yeah you know, they can't seem to find the right fit. I think it. He's a really smart player. In uh, is the long and the short of it. Um, uh, as as with Milan, I think there is a there is an element of um, uh, putting the horse before the, the putting the cart before the horse in in, in in the judgment of some of their players. I think Suzo. I it's I always find it a little bit amusing that Suzo is built up as Milan's best player. Um, he's been decisive in derbies before. He's had good runs, but I tell you what, second half of last season. He was he was anonymous for for a long long stretch of that. He had a very good first two or three months of the season, and then very little. Yeah. Um, and Piontek, you know, my doubts about him being able to back up what he did last season for club and country scored more than thirty goals in a different system, which I don't think is suited to him. Um, and also, I made, I kind of made this point earlier today that you look at the strikers that Milan have got now. Aside from Piontek, they don't have an orthodox or or even like kind of someone who you'd say is a number nine, but would maybe a different skill set because Rebic isn't a striker. Um, Leao isn't a striker. You know, these are all kind of wide forwards who like to come inside um, and, you know, cut, into on the, cut inside onto their favourite boot and, and shoot or do people for pace and that sort of thing. They've sold Andre Silva. They've sold Coutrone. If it doesn't work out with Piontek, what's what's the what's the fallback option here? Um, you know, getting goals from midfield, which, from what I've been told, when they were analysing um, the squad over the summer, they looked at it and 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 they felt we don't have midfielders who score goals. Kessie scores goals, but Kessie scores goals from the penalty spot, not from midfield. Um, and and again, Chalenolu is someone who's. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo like in taking low percentage shots from you know, long range. Um, they've really missed Bonaventura. Um, I I would like to see Milan, well, Gianpaolo be braver in midfield, play Krunic, who we've seen nothing of so far. Krunic has played under Gianpaolo before, knows what he wants. Play Benacer, play Paqueta, and play Bonaventura if and when he's fit. And see what the midfield looks like then. Because I think then it might be you might get more goals, a bit more creativity, a bit of freshness. You know, I mean, Benesser and Krunic played together all last year, played some brilliant football for Empoli. I think Paqueta is a bit raw and needs to kind of nail down what his best position is. But I think there's this, this certainly technique there. Um, and Bonaventura is someone who will get you goals and get into the box from midfield and help out. So I think that's what I'm kind of looking to see from from them. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I think Romagnoli, for example, has had a difficult start to the season. You know, dropped by Mancini against Finland, culpable for letting Lukaku get goal side of him in the, in um, for the second goal in the derby. And Donnarumma has been their best player this season. So I'd say of all the players that they've got who are hyped up, the one who is living up to the hype is Donnarumma, and that's got nothing to do with Gianpaolo. You know, that's 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 him, his goalkeeping coach. And, you know, but being in a more stable environment as to, you know, knowing where his future lies and just just being the Donnarumma that we we wanted to see and hope to see. Um, the rest, 
is a work in progress and there's a hell of a lot of work to do. Mm, I agree. Um, uh, Will, did you have a question for James? Uh, yes, I did. I had one prepared and then I've just thought of another one. Um, so I'll pop them both in. Um, by the way, you try telling Milan Twitter that Suzo is their most dangerous attacking player. You'll need a shield and some armour. <laughs> I saw from the one. Honestly, they hate him. I went and had a look after the match on Saturday. So, yeah, that is a very odd thing. That, well, that well separates... I mean, this, this is the thing, right? Like, um, I don't understand why they didn't sell him in the summer. Um, because, yeah. uh, because they could have got... They could have got good money for him, right? 35, 40 million, um, which they then could have used to sign Correa, who they really wanted. You know, it was Correa or nothing. And then they signed Rebic, weirdly. Um, and <laughs> Worse than nothing, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why you appoint a manager who plays a very specific style of football, which doesn't have a place for it, uh, for a winger in it, and you're asking him to play number 10. And one of the things that really struck me throughout this game is initially, you know, Suzo does what he's told, which is, you know, follow Brozovic around. Don't give Brozovic any kind of space to breathe. Don't let him lift his head up. Don't let him receive the ball. Yeah, you know, after 20, 25 minutes, he's like, I'm going to go back on the right, you know. I'm going to go back there because that's why I like playing. And that's going to continue. You know, that's just, in some respect, muscle memory. In some respect, it's the player believing he's better out there and thinking he can affect the game out there. And I don't think it's it's conducive to Giampaolo's system succeeding with him in it, even though he played well in pre-season and convinced Giampaolo he can play in that position. And you know, Giampaolo basically took him off the market when he said, I, I'd die for Suzo um, against, against Milan social media, Milan Twitter. Um, <laughs> I'd die for him and I'm in love with him. So, you know, I mean, it, it feels like one of those summer romances, which, you know, you, you all know, you all know is, is, is going to lead to a breakup sometimes. <laughs> he's, he's the biggest square peg in a round hole that I've seen in a football team in a while. He just has no place in that team. I think he's the kind of player that people who don't watch me on every week think he's good all the time, but actually isn't. Quite, sort of a, anyway, that's not what I was going to ask. Um, what I was going to ask was, um, number one, uh, perhaps on the basis of what you've seen in the first few games this season, what is a successful season for Inter in terms of sort of results across all competitions? Because I'm not sure. Uh, and the other thing is, I wanted an opinion on Diego Godin because it's called. There's been quite a, a hornet's nest caused by one of Gazetta's journalists. <laughs> um, because speaking of him, Twitter he had, he had the temerity to give him a six in the player ratings on Sunday, and it's wasn't a six an almighty and a half? backlash. No, it was a six. It was oh, a six. Okay. He said um, most of Inter's problems came on that side, and, and Leao was was good against him, etc. And so on. So, what would you have given Godin in terms of a, a rating? Um, I think I would have gone higher than a six. Um, I think it's seven um, for, for me, just because I think one of the reasons why Leao um, uh, got the kind of uh, rating that he did and people were eager to write about Leao after the game, people, let's say, who was allocated 300 words to write something positive about Mila, he was the only positive. Um, and... I I remember, I think it was in the first five minutes or so, uh, Leao got the ball and took on Godin and beat him for pace down the byline. But Godin stayed with him and uh, seemed to foul Leao, but was clever enough to get the free kick given his way. 
And I thought that set the tone for the match. Uh, I, I felt there were, there were times when uh, you thought that Leao was going to get past him or beat him. And I think he did on one occasion. I think he spun him and, was, and, then, and then counted. But on the whole, I thought it was pretty streetwise experienced um, uh, performance from Gadeen. Um, and I am surprised by that because from everything that I was told about his season with Atletico Madrid last year, it felt like there was a genuine risk that Inter were getting another Vidage. Um, and instead, I've been... I've been impressed with what I've seen from him so far. I remember in the in the Cagliari game, for example, there was this idea that he was the yeah they were happy to leave uh, Godin with the ball. Let you know, let get, let Diego Godin build up from the back, you know, because he can't pass and he's passed it, and he ends oh. up set, he ends up setting up the goal that wins the you know that wins the game. Um, so sorry, it was the game against Udinese. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Um, for for his header and the and the second goal. On- and second goal in the dark. Pre-assist. Pre-assist. Yeah, exactly. Which is him comfortable stepping out from the back, switching it, um, and yeah. So yeah, by all means, let him have all the time in the, on the ball in the world. You know, he'll he'll keep hurting you by the by the looks of it with the ball, which is, I think again is something that uh, people maybe didn't expect from him, um, but again, that that inter defence um, is is something. That I, I think against already last year um, was was encouraging, and you looked at the personnel that they've got, and you thought that should be very good, and it is very good. Um, and I think Gadeen has has added to that um, because I think they've got so many good options. I mean, in preseason, one of the things that stood out for me, I, th- I thought maybe Bastoni is going to get an opportunity here because Bastoni is the only left-footed centre back in that in that back three, um, or, or, or of the centre backs that they've got. Um, because um, and seeing Skriniar playing on the on 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 the the right side, oh, sorry, on the left side of it, being a right footer, I thought mm, that looks maybe a little bit awkward. And instead, you know, Skriniar's been Skriniar's been very good. I mean, again, another feather in his cap that he can play there, even though it's on his his weaker side. Um, but yeah, they've they've got options there. And again, this is you'll have spoken about this on 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 your recent podcast, but. It's not only Kandreva, but you know when De Vrij gets injured in the warm-up for that first game, you're like, oh god, who's going to have to play there? And Renocchi comes in and plays two games and does nothing wrong. You're like, Jesus Christ, you know what's this? This is this is a concern for everybody else in the league, I think. Right. Um, I just wanted to um, uh, before we let you go, I wanted you to predict uh, uh, how the Serie A will end from positions one to six. Uh, all the European side, God. Oh, like all... God, no, yeah, no, no. You have to. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. Come on. <laughs> okay. And and Capo Canoniere and the Coppa Italia winner and Super Coppa winner. We're going all all the way. We want, want everyone's. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So I'm going for Inter Campione d'Italia. Is that oh. a guffata? Is that a guffata? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> my team's not going to win the league. Um, <laughs> but they'll finish nice? in the top four. They'll finish in the top four. Well, I mean, just let me get let me get to that. Uh, <laughs> let me get to that. So, so I think Inter will win the league just because, and I, I think it will be very closely contested. But I think Conte will give Sarri very little margin for error. Um, I think if 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 Sarri needs a month. 
six weeks, two months to get the team where he wants it to be, that's too long. Um, because Conte will, I don't think Conte will be gone. I don't think we'll see Inter open like, you know, an eight or 10 point gap. I mean, that's just um, crazy. Um, but, uh, yeah, Conte's experience in multiple leagues, multiple different jobs of getting a team instantly ready to, to compete is speaks for itself. So Inter, Juve, Napoli. Eh. And? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, the last few weeks give me conviction that it should be Roma. Without a shadow uh, of a doubt for me. I mean, I don't, uh, it's not even a doubt. I mean, the only teams that can, that, that right now that I look, it's, it's Fiorentina and Lazio. It's not going to be Milan. It's not going to be Atalanta. I mean, come on. Fiorentina. Fiorentina, winless in 18 games. Oh, Fiorentina come on. Relegation. Come on, come on. That's a, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, James. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 come on. It's, it's, Montella it's, isn't one since, you know, the year, yeah. the year 4 AD in Serie A. Oh, come on. He's played, <laughs> he's, played, he's played Napoli, Atalanta and Juventus and he's got two draws. I mean, nah, come on. He's got the three-five-two working as well. Now, for me, it's it's Fiorentina and Lazio who are gonna who are gonna who are gonna threaten Roma, but Roma are too strong. I'm just glad you didn't say Torino. <laughs> they actually every year Torino will be the surprise, guys. Oh, and then yeah. what's happened? Eighth, seventh, eighth, and then it's you know, Cazzari. It's Cazzari. It's just, it's what do you want? Unbearable. No. Yeah, no, so James, come on, come on, it's number four. So, so four, four, is, four is Roma, four is Roma. Bravo, okay. bravo. Um, five, I'm going, oh, Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to throw throw a kind of hipstery kind of thing. <laughs> Torino. <laughs> um, uh, Not Torino. <laughs> fifth, fifth, Bologna. Oh, I can wow. see that. Oh. Sixth. Lazio. Mm, yeah. Okay. Who will uh, who will win the Coppa Italia? Uh, Roma. <laughs> nice one. Um, who uh, who will win the Supercoppa? Does anyone care? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right answer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if if someone other than Juventus wins it, it's meaningful. Um, you know, Montella, you know, as, as you'll be, you'll be saying, Nima. I mean, he won it. He he won it with Milan. Um, so, uh, so Super Copper. Uh, remind me who's going to be playing that again? Juventus Lass- and Lazio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's got Simone Inzaghi written all over it. That's, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's Simone yeah, Inzaghi yeah. with another trophy. Um, yeah. three trophies. Um, yeah. um and Capocannoniere. Yeah. Uh, Dries, it's got to be Chiro. It's got to be Chiro. Oh, Chiro Mertens or Chiro Immobile? <laughs> um, yeah, given my experience of the uh, at the, at the sat amongst the Laziali um, um, for the Rome derby, it will definitely not be Chiro Immobile. No. <laughs> Chiro Immobile will find ways to to miss, to hit the post, to hit the hit the bar. Um, Chiro Mobile should win the Capocannonieri crown by about 10 goals. Um, but but uh, alas, he, uh, he, he won't. I'm trying to, trying to think if, if, there's, if there's anyone else. I mean, I would, I would probably say it would be between 
Dries and, and Duvan, I think, ultimately. No Cristiano, then? No, I think Cristiano... I th- Watching Cristiano this 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 season, I, I think, um, yeah, he, he had lots of chances against uh, against Palmer um, first half. Not all really clear cut chances, but didn't take them. Um, I think Higuain has a, a better chance of scoring more goals for Juventus than than, than Cristiano does in the league mm-hmm. this season. Right, so uh, thank you so much for coming on. And if people want to follow you on Twitter, and if you got something coming on, like something special you're publishing, that uh, feel 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 free to plug it. Um, I know. I mean, all the kind of usual usual places. Um, you can find my stuff on ESPN. Um, and uh, if you're in the UK, BT Champions League Gold Show is is back when the Champions League is on. Um, Best way to um, get over into, you know, drawing with Slavia Prague is to watch multiple games at the same time. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty much pretty much it at the moment. Thank you so much, James. Always a pleasure to have you. Thanks for pleasure. coming on. Pleasure, guys. Ciao. Ciao, Ciao. Ciao. Right, uh, that was James Horncastle. As always, a pleasure. Um, right, uh, I thought. Um, we we discussed the derby slightly a little bit more just uh, just us four. Um, I I for me, you know, the, the way I look at the derby is, I was expecting, you know, as I said last last week, I said maybe we could, you know, the way things were going, Inter were going to win by a blowback, like a complete blowout. And to be honest, Inter should have won by at least five six goals because given the chances, given the dominance in midfield, and given Gianpaolo's complete inability to create any life in this team and any coherency, I think Inter were, were you know, they won not only comfortably and emphatically, but they should have won by more goals. Uh, what, do, what do you think, Mo? Yeah, look, I think uh, it's, it's very strange because normally after a derby win, uh, I, I'm pumped, I'm happy, and, and the, the great feeling carries on for a few days. But... It feels like this derby is a bit of a disappointment, you know. Uh, yeah. The fact that we, we completely wiped the floor with Milan just made it feel a bit empty. I mean, I, I was I was super happy and fantastic, and it's a great performance and four wins. And but it just it feels like it, it was so anticlimactic, you know. When you said four or five goals last week, we all kind of took the to, uh, took the Mickey out of you because you know and who, who predicts that? But like you say, I mean, had two of those uh, three uh, very clear uh, chances uh, with the posts, uh, D'Ambrosio or, um, or Politano or uh, Andreva at the end gone in, it, it would have been that, that score that you, you had predicted. And it, it just, it's, it's kind of sad, you know? It's kind of sad when, when this, is, this, is what happened to the, this is what happens to the derby. And I remember like four or five years ago when we spoke, yeah. of, when, when we speak about the really, really poor derbies when both Inter and, and Milan but at least both both teams were suffering, and and but now it just it feels like, you know, it feels like the Torino, the derby in, uh, mm. in Torino. You know, it's uh, yeah. So um, I, I I'm very grateful for the win. I I kind of hope that Milan become competitive quickly again because this this fixture for me is probably the most meaningful uh, match uh, in the entire league in the entire season. I enjoy it more than the derby, uh, the derby d'Italia. Um, there's, the, you know, the fact that we share the stadium, the the the, just the the whole thing about the derby is 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 so meaningful, and and it just 
it lacked any any sense of that uh, on uh, on Sunday night mm. on Saturday night. Yeah, agreed. Mike, um, did you were you did you did you also feel that emptiness? Because I, I I know what Mo was talking about here. Because I felt it kind of too. I was a little bit like like a little bit shocked. I wasn't like 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 Mo said jubilant. I was more like because eh. Milan were really really poor. Yeah, so I mean, I th- I think right when the final whistle went, uh, I had that feeling of excitement. Uh, I was definitely happy. Uh, you know, Inter played as well as I could have hoped them to play. Um, but then, you know, ten to fifteen minutes later, afterwards, uh, I was speaking to some of my uh, Milanista friends, and they just had nothing to say. And I don't really like not having that much of a conversation with my yeah. uh, of friends. Not to like you know shove it in their faces that you know that they lost the derby or anything. Just to have a conversation about the game, mm-hmm. and they just had no motivation to even yeah. talk about the game. And I don't like that. I like you know this is one of the you know the biggest derbies in the world of 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 any country, and I think you need to have both teams at a playing at some competitive level. And I mean, of course, Milan had their chances, no doubt about it. Uh, I just, you could tell there was just two different sides out there. And I much prefer it when we see a a good Milan squad out there on the field and competing at a high level. And we didn't see that. And uh, it's trying to have a conversation about the game with my with my friends. It's just, it's not, uh, it wasn't, uh, they, were, they weren't giving me much back. Uh, they 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 might have watched the game, but you know they weren't excited to watch it because they kind of knew going in what kind of squad they have, and uh, it's just not you know they're good. they probably won't even compete for the top four this year if you know if oh, they're lucky no. they, 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 if they're lucky they'll be you know competing for a Europa League spot that's that's pretty much where they lie and that doesn't excite Milan fans I mean that wouldn't excite me as an Inter fan for sure so Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. that's that's my that's my thoughts on it and and as as much as I as they are Inter's rivals. I still want them to be better and competitive with uh, with the top clubs in Italy. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a unique derby. It's the only city derby that I can remember where you have two clubs that historically, consistently have battled for the league titles and for European glory. And the fact that they share this kind of cousins, cousin history and ancestry, and 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 how the the you know in one family you have two Interisti and two Milanisti, like that's very unique. And I and 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 how this derby is always, you know, the kind of derby where that, that is very glamorous and it's 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 Milan. It's very you know very representative of Milan. It's La Scala del Calcio, you know. All of that is kind of being lost here, and it's it's been going on for for like a decade when both of these teams have been pretty awful. But I but I hope, really hope that Milan, you know, gets their act together because we need them. It's everyone, you know, the, the, the nothing is nothing is cooler than going into a scuderby, you know, a, a derby that the Serie A can be decided by that that and you know you had you know we used to have players Milan used to have players like Ronaldinho, Ibrahimovic, you know, Rivaldo. What do they have now? I mean. Piontek, uh, I mean, what am I supposed to be excited about that? I mean, it's, 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 yeah, I mean, a, a Liverpool, re, a Liverpool reject who has like three good games every. I mean, no, it's it's not good. It's it's not it's not good. And and and, and as you as Mo said, I I think the 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 analogy with Juventus Torino is exactly, and we don't want that. This is the Milan derby. It's I, I want to keep it that. I mean, you know, the, the derbies we all you know remember. I mean. Three two derbies and you know three you know these crazy derby games. Uh, we want that back. Will, well, what are your thoughts? You get to have the closing thoughts on the derby. 
Well, I can I can give you a list of uh, and to put it into context. Leicester winning the Premier League, Suning taking over Inter, Kylian Mbappe breaking into football, um, the UK voting to leave the European Union, Donald <laughs> Trump becoming president of the US, VAR. You know, these are all things that uh, hadn't happened the last time Inter lost a derby in the league. Um, it's been <laughs> it's been quite a while. That's that's a tweet from Fulvio, by the way. I didn't make the list myself. So. Um, that's, uh, oh, that's a good tweet. But uh, yeah, is, I, I think it's the law of diminishing returns, isn't it? You know, the, 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 the strange thing is that when you have a sort of, when you're pushed and it's a, it's a less convincing win in terms of the, the sort of the, the, uh, the, the emphatic nature, you get more praise because it feels more hard earned. It feels like you've had to work harder for it. So I think it, it, it you know, that, I think that's why actually the, 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 the strange thing about this, the reaction to this dub is that it's been pretty much most about how bad Milan were. I mean, look at us, we're an inter-podcast and we've spent quite a lot of this this yeah. pod already talking about how bad Milan are because it feels like that's the the stranger thing to come out of it. Um, yeah, very comfortable. Uh, not not too much to add, really. Um, I think another reason that I personally wasn't that over uh, sort of overjoyed was because there's, you know, there's another pretty tough game coming up pretty quickly. Um, so we haven't got a huge amount of time to... Uh, to celebrate it, but you know, gonna, not, not too much gonna, to add. And we're going to talk about that because I don't think the Sampdoria game is much to talk about because Eusebio Di Francesco is a walking disaster area. But but um, I I want to talk about the Lazio game because a lot of people have been saying Inter are going to win the Scudetto, Inter are going to win the Scudetto. For me, I I still think that this is the honeymoon period of Conte. You know, after the madness and craziness that was last year and all the chaos, having someone who who decides what what direction to go and having Marotta and, and the rest of the directors all also pulling in the same direction has kind of created a calm around Inter. And I think that that's that, that that's the honeymoon period that we're in, experiencing right now. For me to really seriously believe, talk about anything, title winning or whatever, it is, you know, it, it's the games against Juventus and Lazio because Lazio are a very good team. Granted, they're very Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You don't know what they can, you know, they can play a fantastic game against you and then they go and lose against Cluj in the Europa League and, and have, have Laziali contemplating, you know, you know, group suicide. Because they were so poor, um, but but you know, I still think that you know every time Lazio plays Inter at the San Siro, and every time Simone Inzaghi plays Inter at the San Siro, they really turn up, and they really turn up in a way where they try to hurt Inter's weaknesses, and this is what I'm worried about. Um, you know, he he rested Lazzari. He, he, he brought off Immobile. Immobile's movement, uh, sure, he can miss. He misses a lot of chances, but he's, he's, his game has improved so much. His read of the game, his movement has improved so much. And this is a and Milinko Savic, who I hope Inter sign at some point next summer, um, uh, together with Federico Chiesa, uh, <laughs> who I am in love with. But uh, no, so in all seriousness, um, it, it's it, this is a game I'm actually this is this is this will be Inter's biggest test so far in the Serie A, and and I'm really and and I, and I don't think that it's one that where they perfect where they can maintain the perfect record. What do you think, Mo? Um, I think uh, Simone, uh, Simone Inzaghi will have looked at uh, the Slavia Prague uh, playbook and will have taken down uh, all, the, all the notes and will try and uh, ape exactly, um, exactly what they did. <clears throat> He's going to play an ugly match, an anti-football match, a physical match, put high pressure, high press, try and uh, disrupt, uh, disrupt uh, 
Inter's playing out from the back. I think it's going to be a very tough and ugly anti-football sort of game. I think this is like a perfect game for Lulic to bring out the ugliest kind of footballer uh, in him, uh, which which happens quite often, actually. But um, so I, I think, like you said, Nima, I agree. Uh, I think this is the toughest match that Inter will have faced so far. I just think that, uh, or hope, the reason I might be a little bit more optimistic now is that uh, I hope that uh, Conte will have seen what uh, Slavia Prague had done to us and uh, will have uh, drilled uh, the players into uh, being able to soak up and, and play out from that sort of pressure better and, and be able to manage the game better. But I think I think this is exactly how Lazio are probably going to line up against us on, on Wednesday night. Mm, that's that's interesting. Um, I agree with that. Uh, Will, um, do you, do you, who do you think is a key for Inter uh, to stop in Lazio? Because Lazio can hurt us. Yeah, this is this is without question the toughest match that, that we've had so far. I mean, Milan emotionally was the most important match, but as, as we've just discussed, the game turned out to be sort of, sort of a non-event. Another thing is that um, Simone Inzaghi is very good at preparing these kinds of matches. Uh, he's, I remember that, you know, uh, the year that Napoli almost won the league under Sarri, that those two games that they had, they lost both from 4-1. But for an hour or so, Napoli were flummoxed like they had never been flummoxed before because of the kind of the physical style of play that, and, the, and the tactical approach that he managed to, to, um, to concoct. Um, they, they're a good team. Lazio can sort of... Um, uh, giocare di rimessa that's what they say in Italy like sort of playing off the yeah. opponent they're the best when they're, they don't yeah. have to take the game to the opponents um, look Milinkovic-Savic uh, has hurt into before at San Siro uh, him uh, Luis Alberto and Immobile are the sort of triumvirate that, around which Lazio's play uh, sort of has success um, Luis Alberto in particular I thought was really good in the derby a few weeks ago uh, I would fear him the most um, Particularly in, if uh, if Lazio were to repeat those kind of counterattacks that Milan got on a couple of occasions uh, in the derby, that was one area where we were slightly less than uh, impeccable. It's going to be interesting because this will be pretty much um, a three-five-two versus three-five-two. So it's probably going to be a lot of individual battles. So if you want to pick one, I, I wonder if um, Azamar against Lazzari will be will be interesting um, because. Mm. Lazzari is very good at, on the counter-attack. He was Spal's biggest attacking weapon for, for three or four years while he was there. So that could be, that could be key. Um, I don't like the fact that this comes straight after the derby. I wonder if there's a slight risk of a, of a come down. I hope not. I think if this is a good performance and a good win, then as, as you said, Nima, this really does reinforce title credentials and it, it encourages that sort of talk because this is a difficult, sort of awkward match. It's come at a moment when into teams in the past could perhaps be complacent. So I think this is this is a very um, curious match that will tell us a lot more than any of the, the previous matches have told us. Mm. Mike, what, what, what do you think? Like, uh, do, do you agree with what Will, Will said there that um, this this could you know this could reinforce the talk of Inter winning the Serie A, or or do you or do you still want to wait a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not uh, gonna. Jump too quickly to, to predict that Inter's, you know, this is this is their Scudetto year yet. I still want to see more against, uh, you know, high quality teams for sure. I mean, yeah, they won the Derby, but at the same time, uh, they haven't played that top four team yet. And uh, I'm I'm interested to see if they're going to use the same lineup as they used against Milan. I'm not sure if it's going to be exactly the same or potentially a different. Uh, does D'Ambrosio get another start uh, in that right midfield again? I'm, I don't know. I mean, I really like what I saw from Politano last year, and I like what we've seen from him this year as a substitute. Uh, 
Um, I, I feel that he, when he's on the field, he always makes a difference. So I'm not sure if that's the the right spot for for him to start in this game or not. Uh, but uh, I, I definitely want to see more of him. And uh, like Will said, that matchup on the left side with Asamoah, I, th- I thought Asamoah played uh, has played some pretty good, played pretty well this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a game that I think that Inter has struggled with. Uh, just having that game after the Derby or after a Champions League match. Uh, they've they've struggled with in the past in the last say the last six seven years, um, but if they were to win this game, uh, I think the confidence will be sky high, um, even though it's at home and it's against you know a potential top four team in Lazio. I th- do think that uh, if this game if they were able to win it, um, you, you're going to see a, a very very confident Inter, a very very confident Inter Twitter. Uh, you're gonna see. Uh, you're gonna see. Uh, oh, good. Especially, especially, especially with Barcelona around the corner too, as well. I mean, when it's, it's still a couple weeks away, but uh, that's uh, definitely the three points would add a big confidence booster going into these uh, these next round of Champions League matches. Sure. Prediction time then for the Lazio. Uh, I think one-one uh, Immobile and uh, Lukaku. Uh, what about you, Will? Oh, I'm tempted by 1-1, but I'll I'll put a positive spin. Um, I think maybe I think a defender might score for Lazio. Maybe maybe a chair to be from a corner or something. Um, and then equaliser from Barella, and then another goal from uh, Lukaku. I don't I don't know. I, I'd I'd be very happy with any kind of win. To be honest, <laughs> one thing that well, I should. Um, we might yeah. see Alexis Sanchez in terms of we're talking about yeah. new names. Sanchez and Biragi are two names that are being linked with a start in this match. So yeah. maybe Alexis could uh, can show us what he's made of. I don't want to see uh, Biragi starting against Lazari. I think that would be that's not very nice. Um, but yeah, other than that, Alexis for sure because I think Lautaro needs a rest. Mo, any predictions? Yeah, sadly I'm going to have to go with the one-one as well. I think uh, I think uh, Lazio. I think the only chance that we get to win the game is if we score first and early and then let them chase the game. Uh, but if, uh, if if we let them play their, their their sort of match and they tighten things up and it's just going to be a frustrating, annoying thing, like Will says, they'll probably score off a defender, off a, off a free kick or off a set play. And then uh, Sanchez was going to get the, the get, clinch the draw or get the draw for, uh, for us right at the end. Uh, Mo, uh, Mike, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would have said one-one, but I don't want to go with the uh, with the consensus of this, uh, of this panel. <laughs> go, go, uh, go, go against the stream. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's kind of what I was I was leading towards. Uh, but hey, let's go with a, a two-one victory. And uh, I will say a defender will score in this game, but it will not be for Lazio. It'll be for Inter. So I do believe that uh, we'll get one from either. Godin or uh, or Skriniar uh, in a in a two one victory. Oh, nice one! Well, we do play Sampdoria on the Sunday um, in the Saturday. Out. Sorry, yeah, it's Saturday. Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, it's a quick turnaround. It really is. Um, it's uh, it's Lazio at home, and then it's Sampdoria away on the Saturday, and it's a Sampdoria that won against. They took their first win against uh, a a, te- a team that maybe isn't even poor, has, has has also been in poor form, but not as poor form as they have been. Uh, Torino, they won one nil on this this past weekend, but some but Sampdoria are a team that has been in a lot of trouble, uh, especially this, this 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 beginning part of the season with 
with, with the club changes, with, with the rumor, this is transfer, the sale of the club, which is never good for the stability of a club. And then you have Eusebio Di Francesco, who I am not a big fan of, to put it diplomatically. Um, so I, I, this is a game that I think Inter should win 3 0. I, I don't want to, and, and this is a game where I want Conte to, to go out there and stamp his mark. Uh, I want Inter, you know, I think I expect Inter to go out there and play like the Conte taught them to. And, and, and completely dominate and, and, and set the rhythm and do what they did against Milan because Sampdoria and Milan are on the same level in terms of the quality, I think. Uh, not on the bench. Gianpaolo is a better, better coach than Di Francesco. But uh, in terms of quality uh, quality on, on the pitch, uh, I, I feel that Milan is not too much better than Sampdoria. So I, I, I'd say 3-0. Uh, I'd, I'd say 3-0 there. And I'd like to see Lazaro play and score. So I'll say a goal by him, a goal from Godin and a goal from Barella. Um, Will? Oh, um, Samp at Marassi, I don't think uh, is normally a cakewalk. I know there was a 5 0 win uh, a couple of years ago, but that was a bit odd. Um, Samp are, in theory, a good opponent because their defence is leaking from every possible orifice at the moment. Jason Murillo <laughs> is an even worse player than he was when he was last playing in Italy. Moru has been a disaster. Um, but they changed system. Uh, the weekend, they, you know, they've found a bit of momentum. They'll need a good performance. So I don't think it will be simple. I also, I'm kind of um, reliant on uh, Di Francesco doing well at Sam because I thought that would be a good fit. Clearly, it hasn't been so far. Uh, I, I would take a 1-0 win, especially given that it's the third sort of fairly tough game at the end of a, a week. So I'm not expecting a scintillating performance, particularly if the Lazio game is, is a stressful one. Um, I'm happy with 1-0. And, uh, well, I don't know, Skriniar. I'm, I'm liking the defender goals. Yeah, cool. Uh, Mo? Yeah, I think it all depends on how we do uh, against uh, Lazio uh, midweek. I think if it's, uh, if it's a draw, if it's, not as a, if it's not a win, then I think we're going to thump uh, Sampdoria, like you said. But if we manage to sneak a win, I think Conte is going to uh, take his foot off the gas a bit and probably be like a... Uh, one nil, uh, like Will predicts, uh, kind of like the Udinese game. You know, a, a well managed, uh, low effort one nil before the big uh, midweek match. So um, I, I, I'll 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 st- I'll stick to the one one nil, um, and I think maybe Lautaro's uh, up for a goal. So I'll, I'll put Lautaro for a goal at one nil. I think that's a very good point about the, the midweek matches. Like that's gonna just not for Samp as well. They're gonna be away at Fiorentina, so that will that will definitely condition how. Oh, both teams play that match. If we if no. we win both games, then that would be extremely impressive. I think. I just hope that Fiorentina don't do what I expect them to do against Sampdoria. I expect Sampdoria to win. I expect Fiorentina to win, but I think Fiorentina is going to completely rip Sampdoria a new one. Yeah, which isn't uh, a great thing. Just before. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, I'm just I'm just hoping this doesn't end seven eight nil or something like that because it could. It could, it could do that. Sampdoria defensively are that bad, and Fiorentina attacking wise are really that good. So I hope it doesn't happen. I hope it ends at two three nil because then then they'll get that you know you know then they come against Inter where they have to play for their lives, and I, and I just hope that doesn't happen. Mike, what's your uh, prediction? Yeah, I mean we're still I mean still a little bit away, but uh, I do uh, I do feel depending on what happens uh, against Lazio. Um, Look, they, I believe it's Barcelona playing on, on is it Tuesday or Wednesday uh, after that? Uh, Inter play Barcelona on the Tuesday, on the 2nd. 
On the Tuesday, on the Tuesday, yeah. So, Wednesday, Wednesday. Oh, so Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes. Sorry, yeah, Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, so they've yeah. got they've got an extra day uh, compared to what they had to do. Uh, I believe last time was it not against? They had, no, they had Udinese on the on the Saturday, but then they had to play at home against Prague on the Tuesday. So they have, a, I guess, they have the extra day. So that'll help um, going into that. But uh, yeah, I mean, going in going into it, I believe you'll see uh, a lot of lineup changes. I mean, I don't think it's going to be uh, similar. You know what we've seen against Milan, or what we're expecting to see against Lazio. So, uh, if you see a, a lot of different substitutions, I can definitely see this being a much tighter match than it should be with you know Sampdoria near the bottom of the league. Um, yeah, I would, I would hope that they can scrape out a one nothing win, and uh, you know let's let's keep the defender goals coming, and uh, of course, Skriniar Godin will score in that game as well. Of course, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Nice one. Uh, right, let's go to the part of the show where we pay tribute with the piss out of and criticize someone or something in the world of football heavily. Starting with uh, this, uh, with this, with the negativity. This week's mod G, which will be presented by Mr. Michael Gallo. So uh, our Mogi of the week, uh, it's, I mean, I thought once Mauro Icardi left Inter, we'd kind of have to, you know, stop dealing with the <laughs> off the field, off the pitch uh, issues. And, uh, and sadly, that has not happened yet. We still have to deal with him, his wife, and a lot of other issues. And uh, we've seen this yesterday, uh, his quote. And he said, uh, I mean... Translation, I'd probably be a couple words off here, but it said it was my dream to play in the Champions League with Inter, and I did that, but we didn't win anything. I think it was time that a cl- it was time to go to a winning club, a club that wins titles. The truth that is playing in a club like PSG with lots of champions is what I wanted. Now, <laughs> now, I mean, yeah. if, if that's if that's what he said, I mean. Yeah, he, he did go, say that. He did say that because there's video of it. He, there yeah, was no so going to. If, okay, if you would have went to Barcelona, I think, or a Real Madrid, or a team with better history, okay, I give him some kind of a a pass there. But he's going to PSG, who have really won what the League One title six of the last seven years with basically hardly much competition. Uh, it's and it's usually closer than it should be when uh, when it comes down to it. So, and PSG had been nothing but a absolute failure in the Champions League, and I really think that him making a type of comment like that obviously it's it's a backlash to Inter, um, especially because of where they are. Inter is right now and how they've come and they're now a competitive team. You know, uh, the Slavia Prague game aside. But, uh, you know, making comments like that, it's just like, this guy's got to give up and just relax. I know he's still, you know, on loan and, and not really a part of that team yet. But just come on, like, guys, guys got to give it up and, you know, go. What is he? Has he played one game this year for, for PSG? Has he even, he's done nothing. I mean, like, <laughs> no, I, I don't for even. Me, for me, it's like, if you're going to take shots like that, then maybe tell Mrs. Icardi or, in, or Mrs. Nara or Mr. Ricardo, Mr. Nara, whatever you guys call each other. Um, but like, maybe you should tell your wife and agent to maybe stop going out, going on Italian TV shows and saying that you want to come back to Inter. I'm just yeah. saying. 
You know, it's it just, it literally is, the, it, these two do not have a brain cell between them. It just makes no sense. And, it, and nothing they do makes sense. It's like everything is, they just, they just pull everything out of their, their backsides all the time and hope it lands well. And, and there's no strategy, there's no thought, there's nothing. And, and the amateurity, the amateurish level of it is just, ugh. And he's, he's not even done anything this year yet either. So, I mean... He got he got a, he got an ice hockey assist when they for one goal when they played against Real Madrid. Yeah, and again, <laughs> you said it yourself. It's an ice hockey assist, so it really isn't isn't that much. So, anyways, that's that's uh, that's who deserves it this week, and I hope this guy just you know keeps to himself. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Right, let's move on to uh, something slightly or much more comical. This week's frog, which will be presented by Mr. Will Beckman. E clamoroso autogol di Ranocchia. Defenders, defenders, and more defenders. Uh, this week's frog is a defender, uh, but uh, he wasn't defending. He was talking. Um, it's Phil Jones, uh, who plays for Manchester United. Uh, he wasn't playing for Manchester United yesterday because he was watching them uh, be uh, turned over by West Ham in a rather insipid performance. They've had a slow start to the season. They've obviously lost Lukaku and Sanchez, and with uh, Marcus Rashford now out injured, they're discovering that maybe letting both of them go without signing any replacements was not a great idea. Um, and obviously, Phil Jones was not very convinced by the performance yesterday either, because for whatever reason, uh, sort of, I think it was early in the second half, uh, he was caught on camera, um, with, you know, saying very well, rather clearly, sacked in the morning. Like, I'm, I'm wondering if. There was maybe he'd heard some chants and he was like he was telling someone that that's what the chant was or something. But if it's not that, then it's a little bit odd to some, to say that that sort of thing uh, when it's your own manager that uh, the acute the accusation is being made towards. Um, as I said, it was it was on camera, so everyone saw it. And then uh, United's um, executive vice chairman, I believe he, I believe he is Ed Woodward, who obviously Inter had lots of fun with this summer, um, <laughs> turned round and quite clearly said, "We're on camera. Stop." So um, a rather unfortunate uh, conversation caught on camera uh, about the future of the manager who was suffering down on the touchline. There have is been that, a couple of... Um, well, sorry, go on, Nima. Is that how things are running? Man? <laughs> like, well, there is, a slight, <laughs> there is a slight doubt about this because there have been some who have suggested that actually Woodward was talking to a, a staff, member of staff who was sat to the left of Phil Jones. But I, I, I think it looks pretty obvious that he's... Yeah. He's telling Jones to be quiet because everything that they say and do will be on camera, and indeed it was. I didn't think I didn't think at all that he was not talking to Phil Jones. I thought for sure that that was going right to Phil Jones, even though he didn't look at him. I thought because he, you know, he was right behind him, so it's hard to turn your head around like that. But I definitely feel that he was talking directly to Phil Jones, and it, everything kind of lined up the way you said it. Well, I just I just don't think that. That's that's it, and especially that you know they're losing the two nothing to West Ham, and the situation wasn't going well, and uh, I mean I, I was laughing when I seen that too, and it was just it, it was I also funny because it was Phil Jones too of all the players, yeah. and the world's uh, greatest gurner. He's got yeah. some great pictures on that go around on social media of him pulling weird faces when he's defending. It's rather rather unique talent he has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Right, as much as I enjoy that, um, let's move on to uh, something much more positive. This week's Moratti with Mr. Positivity himself, Mr. Monasa. He works a lot, he's intelligent, and 
we surprise uh, people sometimes with these uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this uh, qualities. Yeah, so this week's uh, Moratti is a bit of a Matryoshka doll. Um, so I was, I was watching, uh, we've spoken about the, the Milan game, you know, you're watching the game and after the Slavia Prague game, I thought Conte handled the post-match press conference fantastically. It was, it was, it was masterful. He took the blame himself, but managed to, you know, uh, make sure that the players understood that he was disappointed in their performance as well. And, and he said he couldn't sleep for a couple of nights and blah blah blah. And of course, the match pans out like we've spoken about at length in this podcast. Fantastic performance by Inter. You know, maybe we we'll live and learn that uh, it was Inter that was there were fantastic. More than Milan were, were were quite poor. We'll see, but it was you know whatever whatever the reason was, Inter played very very well, and uh, a lot of it is owing to the fact that Conte was fantastic in the setup and in 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 in, in, in his tactics and the lineup etc. So I thought you know man, good God, I'm so happy Conte is here. He's done a fantastic job, and then I thought I, I I figured you know. But man, I'm so happy that uh, Marotta's here for picking Conte and really getting this project, you know, off the ground and 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 uh, translating uh, the values, the new values of the system, uh, uh, down to the manager and the players. And I, and then I sat back and thought, you know, I'm really thankful for you know Steven Zhang for selecting Marotta and bringing him on board. So uh, I just I'm thankful to this entire chain this 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 whole um, you know this whole uh, trunk um, of, of management that has um, really elevated the club and, and, and this project is really taking off um, and we see we see the results tangibly in front of our eyes you know this this whole uh, new DNA new identity uh, and and it's fantastic it's, it's it's really nice to see things such as the alleged uh, uh, fight between Lukaku and Brozovic in the, in, in the Champions League, you know, as much as, it, as the press tried to turn it into something that it wasn't or, you know, tried to create disturbance for the story, it's just it gets contained quickly and, and brushed aside and move on. And, and, and the social media makes sure that they take pictures of, uh, of, of, of Lukaku and uh, Brozovic, uh, you know, hugging each other and uh, exchanging smiles and laughs on the training pitch. It just, it feels like, there's so much more stability and solidity going to these three individuals in particular. And, 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 and for them, I'm thankful. And they're my Marathi of the week. Mm, nice one. I agree. Right. And um, that's all we have time for this week. I'd like to thank Mr. James Horncastle, as always, for coming on. And also Mr. Will Beckman. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Six points. Fingers crossed. Indeed. And also Mr. Mike Gallo. Uh, good to have you back, Mike. We hope to see you more times this season. Absolutely, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. I love coming on and uh, we're going to have a great season ahead of us. No more negativity, all positivity. Love how that sounds. And speaking of positivity, thank you very much, Mr. Monasa. <laughs> Thanks for having <laughs> me. Always a pleasure. And six points indeed. As always, I'm your host, Nima Tavaleruzzari, wishing you a good week. Six points and sempre e solo Forza Inter. Awesome.